everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Hey Alexa. Today I have Howard Berg, who is a Guinness World Record holder for the fastest reader. More than 25,000 words per minute he can read, and he can write more than 100 words per minute. He's a best-selling author. He trains businesses and people, and he's also been on over 3,000 shows. I am so excited to talk to him because um, a lot of, I don't know if a lot of you know, but I'm one of, I'm a huge reader. Um, it's like one of my favorite hobbies. I could do it for hours. So we're going to learn, hear about his journey and even learn a couple skills to become a faster reader. Hi, Howard. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. I'm excited. And I love your background with all the books. <laughs> it's my rotary. I'm the president of my rotary club. So we have a banner for rotary. Very cool. So tell us. Tell us how you got into becoming the world's fastest reader. Well, I grew up in Brooklyn and not a good part. I was in the projects. There were a lot of gangs. It was like West Side Story without the music and dancing. <laughs> and I found the safest place in my neighborhood was the library because the kids in the gangs would rather be dead than seen in a library. So I read a lot. I had college reading when I was 11 and I went to the state University of New York Binghamton, which is one of the four centers, state centers, to major in biology when I was 17. When the second half of my junior year, I was interested in learning in the brain, and I wanted also major in psychology. And the dean said, you only have one year left. You had no psych courses. You have to do the four-year program in one year and take uh, six science courses at the same time, which... Oh two four-hour labs, because I was still a bio major. And uh, lab reports took 16 hours on a slide rule. And then to make it challenging, I had three jobs. I was working 18 hours a week. And he said, you're not smart enough. And that's when I realized they never taught me learning in school. (laughs) What to learn and why to learn and what will happen when you don't learn, but not why you hear a song on your radio once, you never forget it. You read the seven habits of highly effective people the next day, you don't know any habits. It has to be a way to learn things that matter, like you learn songs. And I got up to 80 pages a minute. I did the four-year psych program in one year. Uh, I finished the bio program. I didn't take a physics course, so I didn't get a degree in in bio, but I took the GRE in biology and got an 800, which was in the 99th percentile. So that was good enough, you know? (laughs) And... uh, then I wondered if it was me or the system. Is it doing you're special or you can make people special? It's not the same skill. So I taught kids 11 to 15 the same system. And they did a 30 chapter book in lifelong developmental psychology in one week. And they took the CLEP, which is the AP test. And out of 18 students, 15 got full college credit in a week for a sophomore college course. Remember, the youngest was 11, the oldest was 15. Wow. Telling me it wasn't that I could do it, only that I could teach it also. That's crazy. And that's where it started. Yeah. I think that's amazing. And you just did it on your own. Mostly, yeah. I had a really good teachers and they're teaching us about learning in the brain. I'm like, why don't anyone use this? They were making smart fish and monkeys and rats. How about people? And I'm looking at all the applications for the learning skills they're showing us. 
and real time and real people's lives. And no one was doing anything with the information. They're basically experimenting on animals. And I said, well, it should work for people too. And it, and it ended up, it did. And that's what I've been doing, I'd say about 50 years now. That's crazy. So how did you go from that to now becoming the fastest reader? Did you have to apply like the Guinness? Like how did that all work? You have to prove any claim. They don't actually do the, uh, they don't send anyone. So most records have one newspaper clipping or one TV news show and they send it. I had 10. I had five different reporters in five different cities test me and five different news uh, TV shows test me in five different cities. So it was 10 cities, 10 electronic and and print media. So they said I had more proof than any of the other records. And in each case, I was reading about 80, 90 pages a minute. So they said, you don't have that many friends in the media that they would all lie. <laughs> right, especially all those. Yeah. Was that like such a cool accomplishment to you? Like that must have it, felt really nice. I'll tell you what's better is the seeing the other people do it. I had a, a Stephen Terry graduated UTA at 16, 4.0, economics major, master's in math at 19, 397 GPA, professor at Yale now. Um, Micah Stanley became an attorney and passed the bar at 19 in California. Uh, Brad Vola did four-year college in six months at Thomas Edison, where you can test out on 90% of your courses. Wow. Uh, Justin Brummett was a C student at 11 and an English professor at 22. Uh, so this, this to me is more exciting. I trained yeah. the Special Forces at Fort Bragg and the Royal Thai Army in Bangkok. That was a lot of fun. The Canadian Special Forces. And to me, it's seeing other people get the benefit. To me, I get booked because I'm in the Guinness book, but I think it's more relevant that other people are doing it and doing it well. Ruth Lubin was 84 and she read three books in three hours the day after I taught her. So when people say, I'm too old, I'm 30, she's 84. And my <laughs> oldest student was 92. So I'm going to say between eight years old and 92 is a pretty good age range. My youngest student was eight and she read uh, five seconds a page at eight years old. So if you look at that range, it's most people. Fetuses don't generally read well. <laughs> uh, dead people, probably not great readers, but everyone else, if you could read, you could read faster, but you have to read the language. You know, I'll get people from other countries that don't speak English and they think the solution is reading faster when they can't read slowly. And it doesn't work like that. In yeah. the world. You actually have to speak the language to read it. <laughs> But I explained that to them that I could show them how to learn a language faster and, and build a vocabulary so they can read faster. But you can't read Chinese yeah. if you don't know Chinese and you can't read Russian if you can't read Russian. It it's doesn't true. matter how fast a reader you are. You don't know what you're reading. Exactly. So it wouldn't really work. No. So from when, when did you, be, well, tell us about your book that you became a best-selling author of? And well, how did- Several, several books. My first book was a Time Warner book. And 
That book went through 28 reprints, which is pretty respectable in publishing. Yeah. And, and Barron's asked me to write a book for kids without giving them a proposal, which is unusual that a publisher would say, we want you to write a book, not you would like them to publish your book. So <laughs> that was nice. And my last book I wrote in five hours, it was a ebook on Amazon. I did it in five hours. It went number one in the speed reading category the next day. But I mostly do audio video programs, mm-hmm. like at berglearning.com. I have all the videos. Because reading is very visual. And I think it's easier to learn when someone shows you yeah. how it's done and tells you how it's done. You don't see the book. You don't see the, the movements. You're kind of visualizing versus actually seeing exactly what you need to do. I think it works better that way. No, I can understand that. That makes sense. How did you decide to become a trainer to people, like to teach people? Um, it was about 1985. And there was some learning places in Manhattan, like the Discovery Center and the Learning Annex. And I thought it would be fun to see if I could teach what I was doing. So I created a course and it went over very well. And I've been doing it now since 1985. Now, I've been personally doing it since 1970, but teaching it since 1985. Very cool. Um, And one thing we talked about before um, we started recording is that you were going to teach us some skills. And I would love to like see because I would love to read faster. Perfect. (laughs) I like doing that because telling people you can do it isn't the same as saying, is how to do it. I think exactly. Rather see that. So I'll show you how to go 20, 40% faster in three minutes. So after this interview is over, pick a book you've read, preferably nonfiction. That way, the only thing confusing you is how fast you're reading, not what you're reading. If you don't know what you're reading at a slow speed, don't expect to understand it at a fast speed. You don't <laughs> understand the book. I, I could show you how to understand the book, but that's another skill that I teach. So uh, read for a minute with a timer, see how far you go. Don't do anything different than you normally would. And when you're done, put a little line in the margin. So now you know that's how far you read now. Now for the magic, go to the second chapter, take your hand and go across one line at a time with your eyes following your hand as fast as you could comprehend. So as long as you know what you're reading, go quicker and quicker and quicker till you don't. And that's when you know you went too fast because you should know what you're reading and slow down just enough. So the comprehension returns and for five minutes, go as fast as you could comprehend and then go back to the first chapter and test yourself again for one minute using your hand and that mark that you put in in the first minute, you'll pass it by 20 to 40 percent just doing that one change. Now, the rest is in the bird learning program. It takes about two and a half hours to go 100 to 400 percent faster. Most people will double immediately. Uh, I think with practice, most people will increase more. I've never seen a skill that if you do it longer, it doesn't get better. It's just the way the brain works. Right. We did a double blind efficacy study with 100 random people. And it was using the Nelson Denny, which is a standardized test for speed and comprehension. 
Mm-hmm. And to make sure the second test didn't dumb down and make them look smarter. You know, first test is college. The second one is elementary school. You're going to read faster. We did a split test. 50 did A and B and 50 did B and A. We did an analysis of variance, which tests the differences in the two populations. There weren't any. And everyone doubled or quadrupled with most people doubling with very good comprehension. So we can honestly say we've done you know, research that shows normal mm-hmm. people, not geniuses, just normal people can mm-hmm. read at least 100% faster. That's step one. We can continue if you'd like with more steps. Very cool. So if someone listening wants to be a part of your program to learn faster, what, how can they get involved? Well, you go to berglearning.com and there's the reading program. It's, there's three versions. There's one for young kids that can't read well yet, so the parents do it with them. And it's a lot on studying skills. Then there's one for students, which is anything from intermediate school through college. And then there's one for business people for learning at work. So it's all reading, but reading a spreadsheet isn't the same as reading a history book. So you want to have you know a little difference in what you're doing. Uh, that's how they do it. And uh, they have writing and memory and math as well. And if they need help, my email is howard at berglearning.com. And I'll make sure they learn it. I, as you can see, I'm a Rotary president. I don't want them just to buy the program. I want them to learn the program so they can benefit. In an information-based world, what you know determines your income and your kid's success in school. So I don't charge for that. I, I give them if they need help, they email me and I let them know when I'm free. And I say, let's get, get on Zoom. Tell, show me what you're doing because you must be doing something wrong if it's not working because it almost always works. And then I figure out what's going wrong and I fix it. And this way, everybody's happy. I'm making sure they get the skill they paid for, not just a lot of people, they'll sell a program and it's like your problem now. I right. got the money your program, you figure it out. I don't believe in that. I think if you're an instructor, you should be backing up what you do with help and make sure people actually, when they buy something, they got what they paid for. I think that's a a reasonable thing to give people. (laughs) I agree. I think that is true because you are buying it, but if you want to be able to actually use it to its full potential and full benefit, sometimes you need that extra help. Very rare. But when they need it, I want to know for a lot of reasons. One, I want to know what confused them. Over the years, they've made changes in how I teach based on feedback. So if I think something's easy and they don't find it easy, then I didn't. I was wrong. I have to do it a different way. Mm-hmm. And then when I don't hear anyone else say that's a problem, I know I fixed it. Well, you do that for 35 years, you pretty much fixed all the problems. But if exactly. there's a new one I don't know about, I want to know about it because they're not going to be the only person who has that problem. And I want to be proactive. And when I make my next version, make sure I include something that'll fix the problem before it happens. And I think that's the right way to teach. It doesn't matter what I think. It matters what they think. They're the ones mm-hmm. using it. So I always like that. And then I also want to give them the, 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 the value that, that they, they had. I look at the news. I don't think anyone thinks there's too many smart people making too many good decisions. That's our biggest challenge. Yeah. <laughs> and we've got a lot of problems today in this world. 
We need people who can think. And how are you going to become a thinker? By learning. And one of the fastest ways to learn is to read. So I'm even doing e-learning now because people learn on podcasts. P- yep. People people are learning audio. They're learning e-books. More people are reading e-books than physical books. I'm so a big I, e-book person. Yeah. I like, I te- like both, but. Yeah, I'm teaching that now. How do you use a Kindle to speed read? How do you use a iPad? How do you use a computer, a phone? You know, if nothing else, you always have your phone in your pocket and you can do some very high level learning on your phone if you knew how to do it correctly. So I teach that as part of the program. It's an add-on that I put on because I'm finding more and more people are reading on those devices rather than physical books. And I want to make sure I'm not stuck in the past. If you want to be a progressive learner, you got to be a progressive teacher. You can't assume people are reading like they did in the 1800s. They're (laughs) not. There's a lot of things changing and you have to adapt to that changing environment to stay relevant and helpful. So that's what we've done. Yes, I agree. Um, Two questions. One, so when you were saying about the three different programs, what if someone is 25 and wants to just learn and they're not in school anymore and they want to learn just to read faster, which program would they use? Professional, professional. Oh, still the professional? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The, the student one is more is, is more focused on what they would read in a school, which is different okay. than when you're self-guided and teaching yourself. It's not the same thing, but uh, they all work. They both... The main differences is the examples and the practice problems are more relevant to someone in a business than relevant to someone in school. I wouldn't tell a 16-year-old they're going to be mentally fit when they're 84 for my program, which is true. I wouldn't tell an 84-year-old they're going to get a higher SAT score because they don't care. So you have to be, both things are true, but it's a different benefit at a different age. People in their 80s that read have much lower onset of dementia and Alzheimer's. Who cares about that when you're 16? Right. You know, they're interested in school and grades. And many of them, it's not that they want to read, it's that they want to read less. And really what the advantage is, you'll get your homework done quicker. So you can go out and I play know. with your friends. Your parents I wish don't I care. had this. <laughs> yeah. Parents don't complain when you're getting A's because you're outside playing with your friends. It's when you're getting F's and D's that they're going to get on you. So if I could teach you to get good grades in less time and have more fun with your life, what's wrong with that? I have no problem with young people enjoying their life. You can't do it them. When are you going to do it? Exactly. And I think it's important too to, I, or I don't know why I was saying it's important. I was saying, I wish I would have had this when I was younger because maybe my ACT score would be better though. I'm almost <laughs> 73. I'm sure you're not anywhere near my age. You're young. I meant like for school wise, because I'm not in school anymore. You know, we're always in school. Every day we learn. School is the beginning of learning. The problem with so many people is when they graduate, it's like, God, I wish I never to read another book or take another test. No, I love books. (laughs) And life is learning. Every day we should try to imagine now you could read. I could read three, 10 books in three hours. Ruth read three books in three hours. Normal person, you can read a book in an hour using what I teach. So imagine you read a business book, you're in business, and you learn a new skill like Photoshop mm-hmm. every day. 
And the next year, you learned 365 business skills you didn't know. Where would your business be in a year, in 10 yeah. years, in 20 years? It's not an age thing. Uh, you still have so many things you need to know that could benefit your life in so many ways, but you don't have the time. So if I could show you how to do that in less time, the time you do have could be used more productively and give you benefits that'll change your life. And to me, that's really what it's about. It's making your life better. It's reading's a screwdriver. It, it's not a goal. It's a means to an end, which is having the knowledge you need to accomplish the things mm -hmm. you want to make happen. And it doesn't come from magic. It comes from learning. Yeah. And can a lot of these skills be used like for people that like fiction? It can be. Mainly what I tell people in fiction is speed up the boring parts. When you're reading and saying, I can't stand this anymore. It's so slow. I was reading The Mists of Avalon, which is a very nice novel about the Knights of the Round Table. And there were 10 pages on the furniture, the motifs on the napkins and the forks and the spoon. I don't care about that. So I read 10 pages in five seconds and said, nice throne room. I got back to the story that was interesting. And by doing that, I wasn't so bored that I wouldn't finish the book. And because I sped up through the boring parts, I could slow down and savor the parts that were emotionally gratifying. So I'm eliminating the boring parts that are causing me dissatisfaction and I'm slowing down and savoring the good parts, but my average is still faster because of how much I've sped through bad parts or boring parts. But when I say speeding through, you still know what's going on. You just don't feel anything, which is better than feeling irritated, frustrated, or annoyed. And that's with the finger going like this, right? That's part of it, yes. But the problem with most speeding programs is that's the whole program. And the, what happens is if you don't do it all the time, you can't do it any of the time. So when you slow down and learn a word or a name or idea, you lost your speed. That was the problem yeah. with the old system. I fixed it. I could show you how, if you'd like. Sure. One of the key components in reading is called schema. And I'm going to show you how it works. I'm going to read a passage with no schema, and you have no idea what I'm talking about. I'll read it a second time with a one-word title, and it'll totally make sense. Are you ready? Yeah. This is an easy thing to do. If possible, you could do it at home, but you could always go someplace else if it's necessary. Beware of overdoing it. This is a major mistake, and it cost you quite a bit of money. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Now I'll read it with schema. One word. Laundry. Laundry. This is an easy thing to do. If possible, you could do it at home but you could always go someplace else if it's necessary. Beware of overdoing it. This is a major mistake and may cost you quite a bit of money. No confusion. I'm teaching people where these schematic clues are in their text so they can go much faster and have higher understanding. It's a decoder ring that makes the meaning sensible to your brain. And when you know where it is and how to find it, you can go two, three, four times faster and understand better in many cases because you're using what the text is offering to make it make sense, to avoid confusion. 
And, and that also gives you the ability to slow down, to learn new things you didn't know before, and mm-hmm. immediately go much faster and not read slowly because you slowed down, which was not possible with traditional speed reading. I was more interested in learning than speed. Most people don't want to read faster. They want to learn faster and understand better and retain it when they need it. And that's really what I put the emphasis on learning rather than speed. Not that they don't read faster, they do. But I think understanding is far more important than saying, well, I don't remember the name of the book and who wrote it, let alone what was in it the next day. Right. That was a Woody Allen joke. I was with um, Dick Cavett, the famous talk show host. He interviewed Woody Allen. Woody said he took Evelyn Woods. He read War and Peace in five minutes. It's a huge book. He said, that's amazing. What do you remember? He said, it's about the Russian Revolution. That's all I remember. And that was speed reading. It's a book about math. It's a science book. You didn't learn any math. You didn't learn any science. It was too fast. Yeah. You can't learn, you can't learn calculus at 80 pages a minute. If you don't know any math, it doesn't happen. You can't learn Russian at 80 yeah. pages a minute <laughs> and, 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 and retain it. But you can learn lots faster when you learn not just how to read fast, but what to look for, how to know what's relevant, how to eliminate things that are wasting your time. How do you remember it when you need it? How do you analyze things that confuse you so they're not confusing you anymore? You read the book, you can read a calculus book, memorize all the equations and fail the test. You have no idea how to use them. You don't know what to do with them, how to solve a problem. You just know you have data, but you can't apply it to anything. And I'm fixing that. I'm teaching more than just reading, but how to think and apply and understand, which I think is far more important than speed. No, I agree. I, for sure, that's most important. Um, well, thank you for coming on and we're going to play a quick game and it's just five question, uh, rapid fire. So the first question is drink of choice. Drink of choice. Um, I, I like a protein shake, chocolate protein shake All in right. the morning, every day. Yeah. Um, the next one is a favorite movie or TV show or both or neither. Um, I like the Lord of the Rings a lot. I also like Star Wars. It's kind of on a given day. I can't say which I like better. They, they're different, but I like both of them. Well, that's okay. Um, words of advice for your younger self. Don't take life so seriously. Some of the things you think are so important right now will prove very irrelevant later <laughs> in your life. And many of the things that you see now as the biggest challenges and problems are your best allies. They're going to create you into a better person. So like I got beaten and I was uh, abused in my community because of all the gangs, but it drove me to the library and then look what happened. Now I'm helping people learn. Mm -hmm. If I had done normal things and not gone there, I probably wouldn't have blossomed into what I became. So as painful as it was when I was younger, it was an asset when I grew older. And I think it's true for many people that the things that they dreaded when they were younger became the, the best ally. It grew yeah. them as a person. I Yeah, that makes sense and sounds about right. Um, five words to describe yourself. Uh, compassionate, um, 
curious, motivated, service-oriented, and uh, it's not a word, but I'd say interested in enlightenment, searching for meaning. Why are we here? Where are we going? Uh, What's the point of everything? I'm very interested in that. I like that. And the last question is, what does success mean to you? There's different measurements. Some people it's money. Mm-hmm. And some people it's fame. I, I think you need money to pay your bills. So you can't denigrate money. People who denigrate money won't have any. But I think real success is that when, when, when you're at the end of your life, can you look back and say, I made a difference. Yeah. Uh, the world's a better place because I was in it. And I've, I've helped people achieve and realize dreams and goals they never could have done without my help. And that would, and I got paid for doing it, but there's a certain gratification I get from yeah. seeing that, that kind of other people doing this and making their lives so much deeper and richer. It, it's not just the money. It's, it's a feeling that I made a difference that I'm being relevant with my life. And to me, that that's real success. Look, you could have a billion dollars and and have a penis shaped rocket ship when you could have fed billions of people who are starving. Yeah. You know, where, where's where's the money better spent? I don't. It's not for me to decide, but I would have done more to serve people than just my ego. If that yeah. Makes sense. No, I agree. Um, well, last before we let you go, um, where can we find you? Berg Learning, like my name, B-E-R-G. We have reading, writing, memory, and math. My email is howard at berglearning.com. If you need help, if you have a question, I'm tutoring students right now for college, and uh, I can cut off anywhere from one to three years. Most students take six years to finish four-year degrees. Most of mine do it in two and a half to three. So they save a lot of money. Yeah. tuition doing it that way and uh they could email me howard at berg learning if they want to know more about that and I, I like what i do i feel like it's uh it's it's making a difference and i intend to do it as long as i physically can do it i i, I enjoy it i don't see it as work i see it as a mission and uh i feel very passionate about what i do so i'm enjoying it and even when there's challenges, I, I enjoy it. It's, it's, I think that's what life's about. Yeah. Dealing, there's always going to be problems. That's part of life. It's how you deal with them that determines your success and your failure. People that go, why is this happening to me? Sink deeper into the mire instead of how can I fix this? Or how can I make this a better opportunity rather than as an adversity? And your attitudes count so much in life. And if people just realize their negative thoughts are contributing to much of their failure, they'd be more successful. I agree. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Um, I really enjoyed talking to you and hearing all about it. So this was another episode of Hey Alexa, and I'll talk to you guys next time. Bye.